it's time to hear word. Faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Meet me at John chapter 16. John chapter 16, verse 33. I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version and the New Living Translation. St. John chapter 16, verse 33. The New King James Version reads, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. Don't miss that. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And then the New Living Translation says, Jesus says, I have told you all of this so that you may have peace where? In me, Jesus said. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Notice words that I've said that God says that we're going to have to experience trials, sorrows, tribulation. That seems to include everybody. Everybody under the sound of my voice, the Bible says you're going to have to go through trials, sorrows, and tribulation. Is that clear? Pastor pointed and said, Jesus said it in the Bible. You're going to have to go through it. No escape. And I want to talk around the thought, the subject, living life under pressure. Living life under pressure. This is going to be at least a part two, a two-part message. I already know that. So I'm not going to try to cram it in, but you want to get this. Living life under pressure. Is anybody relating to that right now? Living life under pressure. Let me see your hand. Living life under pressure. Father God, we come before your presence once again in Jesus' name just to say thank you. Lord, we thank you for this another opportunity to hear your word. We thank you, God, that we know that even though we're experiencing trials, sorrows, and tribulation, Lord, we're not by ourselves. We're not alone. It's doable because you said so. Bless us in our hearing. Bless us in our adhering to your word. We say yes to your will. Yes to your word. And yes to your way. For it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. With thanksgiving always. And all of God's people said amen. Amen and amen. Living life under pressure. Let me start this message this morning by asking a question that only you can answer. Do you listen to the word of God passively 
or purposefully? I'm just asking a question. You know the answer. Do you listen to the word on Sundays and when you hear, have an opportunity? Do you listen to the word of God passively or purposefully? Somebody said, I don't even know what you're asking me. Well, a passive listener listens only without any thoughts or intention to apply what they've heard. People come to church Sunday after Sunday passively. Yeah. Yeah. You ever heard the thing in one ear and out the other? Yeah. Passive listeners don't come to apply what they hear. They come to get it over with. Yeah. Yeah. To get through it. Yeah. Maybe so nobody will say anything about them not being here. Yeah. Passive. But then there's the purposefully, a purposeful listener. Yeah. That kind of person comes to hear a word so that they can apply that word yeah. Yeah. in their lives. Yeah. Am I right about it? Amen. James says in the Bible, not to be a hearer only, but a doer yeah. Yeah. of God's word. I'm here to let you to know not I'm always not that I always do the word, but I'm trying to do the word. I come with the intent. I study the word with the intent on applying that word in my life. You know, one of the worst things you can do as a preacher, a pastor, is get up and talk to other people and know you're not even trying to do what you're telling them to do. That's convicting. Hello, somebody. You know whether or not you're a passive, right now, passive listener or purposeful listener. If you don't hear anything, that's the challenge by the Holy Spirit. And guess what? I just put that in here this morning. God says, reach out and see what kind of listeners you, what kind of people come out there. Do you watch with your popcorn and your eggs and bacon and, and sandwiches just to get it on like you at the movies? Uh, I just thought somebody cut the TV off. They cut it off. Spiritually, I saw they cut it off. You don't mess with me when I'm eating my ham and eggs. What's more important, God's word or ham and eggs? With all of that being said, the Bible says in this world, where we are right now, you shall have tribulation. Notice the word tribulation found in John 16 and 33. That word means to crush or to be crushed. To press together tribulation. To squash. To hem in. To compress. To squeeze. To put pressure on. Can I take my time preaching? It's going to be a two or three part message. Crystal, can I take my time? God says you're going to have to go through Pastor Porter and everybody in here under the sound of my voice and out there. You're going to have to go through 
tribulation in this world. You're going to be feel crushed sometimes. You're going to feel like you're pressed together sometimes. You're going to feel like you're squashed and hemmed in, compressed, squeezed, pressured. We live, in case you don't know what you should, in a fallen world. We live in a fallen world, y'all, where terrible things happen. I bet you <laughs> church is not even the thing to do no more. Oh, man, that, that COVID-19 was just the excuse many people were looking for. Hey! COVID-19 was the thing that gave the people who were not genuine an opportunity to do what they were trying to find out how to do for the longest time yeah. when you stayed out a year two, say, I ain't going back. Yeah. Yeah. That's the break. Yeah. They don't say, the devil gave me. Yeah. Yeah. He gave me that break. To give me an opportunity to use, can't get the church as an excuse. Now that would be, somebody said, warranted if after COVID you never went out the house no more on Sunday. I mean, I can see that. COVID didn't stop you from going to the supermarket. Didn't stop you from having breakfast or going out to eat. It meant somebody. It meant lights, walls, Many people, as a result of our fallen world, so many people experience psychological trauma when bad things happen. Are y'all listening? Do I have your ears? Understand, you want to know if you're passive or not in your listening? Or do you have purpose? Because if you don't have purpose, you're wasting your time coming to church. Am I right about it? If you don't have purpose for coming to church other than just passive so pastor won't say oh, he didn't see me. You're wasting your time. Come on. God can see your heart. Come on now. You can cover it up. You can mask it up. God sees the heart. He can see a black head on a black rock at midnight and he sees false. Pretense. Not because he hates you, but he just sees everything. And if you feel convicted, that's a good thing because that means you have some connection with him. But if you don't feel anything, then you got an opportunity to get it straight. Am I right about it? How am I doing? I said, we live in a fallen world and trauma is a distressful, painful, and shocking experience that causes harmful psychological, physiological, spiritual effect. Mental health is a major thing. We just started talking, but it's major. You've got mental health problems on the pulpit. You've got preachers Men and women got mental health triggers on the pulpit. Before y'all stay on the pulpit, just get the pee. They're all up and down here. 
I went to seminary, got my doctorate, theological. But some of the professors, you could tell, have mental health issues. They were telling us how to deal with this, that, and the other, and started crying. Because they still hadn't dealt with their own mental health issues. The president can have mental health issues. Your politician can have mental health issues. Don't start looking at people. Look at me now. Y'all gonna start a fight up in here. Look at me. Your husband can you your wife your children. Your uncle, your auntie, your, your mother, your father, your cousin. Y'all want me to keep on? Everybody got all kind of mental health issues. My wife told me one time, you act like you're crazy. I said, pray for me. I'm still dealing with mental health. I'm talking truth. That's why people keep, they don't hear the truth. We all a piece of work. From the pulpit to the door. Ceiling to the floor. We're a piece of work. Just said some are more piece of work than others. You know, the puzzle put together. Some of us are three quarters of the way. Some of us still trying to get the first plug in. <coughs> I'm trying to keep your attention, but I'm telling truth. Living life under pressure. The devil don't want you to get to church because you might hear something that's going to help you. That's why it keeps you away. It might, you might hear something that's going to deliver you. So he tries his best to keep you disinterested in coming to church. I don't have to come. You don't have to come to church. That's true. You don't have to breathe either. But you thank God for breath. Don't, don't, don't get deep. You, you, you ain't got to do nothing. But you thank God that he doesn't stop. Everybody got to deal with something. Are you feeling pressure this morning? I'm asking a question. Is it anybody in here? That's you getting in my mind. But no, it don't have to be your pressure, but you can feel pressure. I feel pressure this morning. Anybody? Okay. I feel pressure. Are you feeling pressure in your everyday life? You just see if it hits you. On your job, in your finances, pressure. At home, either in your role as a husband or wife, pressure. Pressure as a parent with young children and old children too, older, pressure. Pressure just to try to please other people because they don't see things the way, same way you do. Pressure. You ever get sick and tired of trying to please other people? Anybody other than me ever got sick and tired of trying to please other people? You can't be a pastor and please other people. 
got to stay told in line what God says. Somebody gonna be don't like what you said. Somebody don't like the way you said it. It's always I've learned a long time ago. I'm not trying to please everybody. I want to please Him yeah, yeah. and let God deal with how you take it. Preach the word in season, out of season, when they want to hear, when they don't want to hear, when they don't like you, when they hold back on you. Preach the word. That's what God tells me. Preach, boy. Well, if they get mad, they might not give me a love. Or preach, boy. Well, they might not help me to pay. Preach, boy. I'm the one that got the money. I'm the one that finances you. I'm the one. Preach. Teach. In season, out of season. Always got a ram in the bush pointer. You ain't by yourself. Uh, pressure. A man by the name of Peter Marshall. He's, just, he's going home to be with the Lord. He was a former chaplain of the United States Senate. He's quoted as once having said to the Lord in a prayer, this, this, this chaplain, former chaplain, he said to the Lord, when we long for life without difficulties, without pressure, Lord, please remind us that oaks or strong trees grow strong in contrary winds and diamonds are made under pressure. You gotta be able to stand some stuff. Who's God talking to? You can't be like a twig. Soon as a wind up, you broke. And then the longer you are in the Lord, the stronger you ought to be. And when you still keep Tweaking. God says you're not as strong as you thought you should be or what you should be at this time because you haven't been applying. Oh my God. I, 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 I don't know who God is talking to this morning. Faith come by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Let's put adhering. Doing what the word tells you to do. And stop bringing along your old baggage. Because this didn't happen when you were back then. You trying to change it now. God said you didn't learn nothing back then. And I'm certain you won't learn nothing now. If you don't change. Listen. Stop trying to bend God to your will. Uh, who is God talking to? Y'all want to get this. Y'all ready? Y'all want to get this. I'm getting ready to give you. Give me some nuggets. I'm only starting at the beginning of this sermon. I know I ain't gonna finish. I got two or three parts. But y'all wanna get this. Somebody look at somebody and say, you wanna get this? There are at least four main or primary causes of pressure or stress in your life. You wanna get this? Don't walk out of here talking about, I'm still pressing. That's on you, buddy. Girly, you came here. I told you to come here purposefully 
You didn't come here purposefully. You're going to walk out with nothing. Because you didn't come here on purpose. You came in here front. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God ain't hard up. Because he got some genuine people. He got some genuine men and women. When they say praise God, they talk about praise God. I'm talking about folk that are still flawed, still in a piece of work, still trying to make it. But their hearts is for real. Lord, I praise your name because you're God all by yourself. I serve you to the best of my ability because I know that if it had not been for the Lord this morning, I wouldn't have been here. I wouldn't have made it if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side. Am I preaching too hard? Living life under pressure. I said at least four more. You can find five, eight, ten. Let me give you four. One main cause of pressure and or stress in your life and mine may be because of overextended daily activity. Overextended daily activity. Otherwise known as overworking, overextending yourself, which is never a wise thing to do. Anybody listening to God? You're doing too much. You're trying to please too many. Oh my God, where you see that? Exodus chapter 18. Exodus chapter 18, <coughs> verses 13 and 14, and then verses 17 and 18. Anybody taking notes? Yeah, I wish you would. Exodus chapter 18, verse 13 and 14, and 17 and 18. Now y'all can read everything in between, but I'm just giving because we can't just stay on this. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Y'all got it? Exodus 18 out there? Exodus 18, 13, and 14 is on the screen. Verse 13 says of Exodus 18, the next day Moses took his seat to hear the people's disputes against each other. And they waited before him from morning till evening. And when Moses' father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he asked, what are you really accomplishing here? Are y'all listening? He says, why are you trying to do all this alone while everyone stands around you from morning till evening? Verse 17, I'll tell you, read in between on your own. Verse 17, he says, this is not good, Moses' father-in-law exclaimed. You're going to, here we go, wear yourself out. And the people too. This job is too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is God talking to? Yeah. <clears throat> this morning uh, I was on the prayer line and I heard Minister Presley and he gave me Lord about how I'm on prayer line and most of that is because my wife, I'm driving, she's got it on. Not to say that I wouldn't have it on, 
But a pastor got to deal with preaching and getting his mental notes together in the morning while also still dealing with, we don't have to say other counseling cases, still. Amen. I get stuff and it's okay 3 a.m. in the morning. Some of y'all know it. I wouldn't have done. Some of y'all text and keep on doing it. But I respond to you. Amen. You might get a text from me 6 a.m. 4 a.m. My wife said, where you going? I'll be back. So I can't do the prayer line and still pray for you and then get up here short because I didn't finish what God was telling me. I do what I can. If y'all listen to you, you can overdo it. Amen, somebody. That is not to tell anybody in here, I don't want to talk. Don't listen to the devil. I'm just telling you, I have to smooth out so I stay safe. Because I've got sometimes the same issues that you have. Is that making sense? Could that be you this morning trying to take on more than you should? I'm just asking. You're trying to take on more than you should because it's a good thing. Or maybe you think it's a good thing and you can reap, I'll get more money, I'll get more of this, a greater benefit. But we get overloaded with more to do than the hours of the day to do it. Hello, somebody. So stop trying to cram life. We're not wired. I'm not wired. I'm not Superman. You're not Superman or Superwoman. You can only do what you can do. You need to get some help. I need men to help me. I need women to help me. Don't tell me you ain't being used. You're not around. Wow. Out there. Pure warmer. I can't even accuse you of that. I don't know what warmer you are. You ain't in here. I could use you. God could use you. Let's put it that way. Can I give you another one? We ain't going to get but these four points. I got a whole sermon to go yet. Not only overextended daily activity, but another cause of pressure or stress in our lives. Here we go. Could be emotions that create worry, anxiety, and frustration. You have too much emotion that creates worry, anxiety, and frustration. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25, the New Living Translation says, Worry weighs a person down. Anybody in here know you worry yourself sick? You're not going to get better. It's not going to help you. God is not going to be forced to hurry up in your situation because he told you in the first, be anxious for nothing. He told you that straight up. Well, you know, God said, no, I do know what you're going through. I do know the money's tight. I do, but I'm trying to get you to walk straight even if the money's tight. You're not worth So now you're out of your lane. You're in God's business. How are we going to do? If God don't get it done through him, her, he, the other one, it's not going to get done. So you ought to pray for somebody. Pray for me. 
that I'll do it right. But you can't fuss me into doing it. You can't stress me into doing it. Worry weighs a person down, but an encouraging word cheers a person up. Hello, somebody. Some of us, not everybody, but some of us, we allow our emotions to create worry, anxiety, and frustration. And guess what that does? It drains you. Am I right about it? It drains you emotionally and physically. Talking about living life under pressure. Not, over, not only overextended daily activity, not only emotions that create worry, anxiety, and frustration, but another cause of pressure or stress, can I give it to you? Over-pessimism. Worst-case scenario thinking. I put that down. You grammatical geniuses corrected, filling in right. You're always pessimistic. You know, everything's down. You say the glad no, it's empty. Isaiah 41, verse 10, the New Living Translation. Isaiah 41, 10 says, Don't be afraid, for I am here we go, with you. I'm reading the Bible. Don't be discouraged. Why? For I am your God. Here's what God says. I will, not past the point of God says, he will, I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. We could preach on something about the right hand of God, but we better move on. Pessimism is the tendency to see the worst things, the worst in everything, and expect the worst possible outcome. That's what a pessimistic person would do. I don't want pessimistic, pessimistic, pessimistic people around me. I mean, tell me, but don't keep telling me what can't happen and this can't do and that can't do and no. Oh. Pessimists, here we go. They prefer to call themselves realists. Now you just don't want to face up to the facts. However, their reality is usually, or the reality that they're talking about is not as dark as they claim it is. Because they're the ultimate pessimists. In saying that, there are some people that are, by nature, optimistic. I'm an optimistic person. Anybody, you don't have to be, you know, I'm not, you want your pastor to be optimistic because if I was, we'd really be out. Man, you want me to be an optimistic person. You want me to be an encourager. You want me to, when you come with the last, look, I'm going to die. No, I'm going to tell you how you can live. You want somebody. You, you don't want to come to me and you say, oh, man, Pastor, I'm so, I'm so hopeless and helpless. And I say, yeah, you are hopeless and helpless. You don't want to come to me like that. You don't want to come to me and tell me, Pastor, or commit suicide, and I say, Here, open the window, jump out. 
Come on now. That ain't good. You know what the opposite of pessimism is? Hope. Yeah. Hope. Yeah. Psalms 119.105. Put it down. Look at it. Psalms 119.105. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, your word, here we go, is a lamp to guide my feet. Yeah. It's his word now. Yeah. And a light for my path. It's darkness all around you. You need the light of the word of God to show you. Oh my gosh. My sister Denise, she was at, we were at Lynn Villa Gardens yes last night. It was dark. And my eyes, especially when light reflects, I, I can't even see. You can look, I'm gonna tell you, I keep telling. Don't listen to people say, Pastor, look right. Sister Darby, lay him out of me. Pastor, look right at me and wouldn't speak. I didn't see you. I done told Christopher, I look up, I might saw a figure. I, I shouldn't even tell her. Somebody might come and hit me and run. Silhouettes. You don't know how many times I asked Pastor Pointer. Well, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but that's what he is. Uh, I asked him, who is that out there? He said, Dad, that's your sister. Not that drastic, but it's somebody else should know. And Deacon Tari. Oh, is it? And Brother Jimmy. You know, I'm serious. I do ask him. So, have I asked you that? So, who's that? And you say, I said, I thought it was, but I wasn't sure. Y'all pray for me. This is just where I'm at. You know, you're getting, you're getting 39 in line, 49 in line, 59 in line, 69 in line. Look, I can't lie no more. I can't lie no more. Cindy, stop laughing at me. I see you. Honey, you ain't laughing at me. No, okay. I'm looking to see my wife laughing over there. Okay, all right. Romans 15 and 13. I'm almost done for today. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. New Living Translation says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope when you trust in the Lord, y'all. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't know who God is talking to, somebody in your marriage, somebody with your children, somebody on your job. If God is talking to somebody this morning, somebody with your neighbors or whatever you're going through and you say you despondent, discouraged, hope is in the Lord. All right? From Genesis to Revelation, God weaves his theme, if you would, of hope into the story of our sins and the consequences of sin throughout the Bible. When people do what they want to do, God says, that's what you get. When you decide to do it your way, that's what you get. When I tell you I'm going to make you the father of many nations and you go out and, and I tell you you're going to have a child, this one, and you go and tell your handmaid and you get another baby, God said, it ain't going to work. 
First Peter chapter five, verse 10. While a lot of stuff in the Bible seems dark and hopeless, God always gives us a way out, a way to be restored. Can I help? Can, can I get a witness? God always makes a way. Why do you say he's a way maker if he's not? Anybody in here know he's a way maker? God is a way maker. He makes a way out of it. No way. First Peter 5.10, the New Living Translation. It says, in his kindness, God called you, here we go, to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. This part I don't never like, but it's true. After you have suffered, God says in his word, so after you have suffered a little while, mean God, a little while, I've been suffering 10 years. After you have suffered a little while, I want to know, did you learn something? Have you came? I don't know, that's between you and God. After you have suffered a little while, you went to jail. God says, I had to lock you up to keep you from being locked down. Y'all missing it. After you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you. And he will place you on a firm foundation. I'm hastening to a close. Another way to think of pessimism is faithlessness. Synonyms, words that identify. It's impossible, listen, to have faith while being pessimistic. They don't, you can't, you can't be pessimistic and still have faith. See, see, pessimists look at the future without God in it. Or maybe they look at it as a God who doesn't care. That's what a pessimist does. Understand, I'm hastening y'all. Y'all give me five minutes. Jeremiah 29, 11. We quote it a lot. Jeremiah 29, 11. The New Living Translation says, for I know, and I quoted it, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Everything has context, though. That's not speaking in that passage to you and me. I didn't say it can't be applied. Y'all don't miss this. But you got to tell the people that's not what it's saying. That verse is often spoken as a promise of hope to people who are grieving or discouraged. However, before it can be applied, it has to be understood in its context. Y'all hear me saying context is everything. All right? I don't want you to go somewhere and they say, your pastor, your priest, he just preached. No, he told us that this is what it really means, but we can still use it for this. All right, don't let them beat me up here. Well, you know, he should have been this, that, and that ain't what they're saying. No, 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 no. But God is good anyhow. He was good to them. He's good to us. He restored them. He'll restore us. He made a way for them. He'll make a way for us. He delivered them. He'll deliver us. He had mercy for them. He's got mercy for us. He's got grace for them. He's got grace for us. Am I right about it? Jeremiah 29 was addressed to the exiles in Babylon. And as punishment for their sins, 
of Judah, God sent them, sent the Babylonians to destroy Jerusalem and the temple and to carry away the people to Babylon. When you get a chance, jot down Jeremiah chapter 25, verses 8 to 14. Read it. Jeremiah 25, 8 to 14. And at the time Jeremiah wrote Jeremiah 20, uh, 29, Nebuchadnezzar had already moved some Jews to Babylon. And Jeremiah was writing to the exiles to tell them that people would return to the land, here we go, after 70 years. And then he let them know in verse 11 that God has not forsaken them and that they will be restored. I said that has nothing to do with any person living today, but we can take that and apply it because the same God again who was good is always good. Do y'all see the such what I'm talking about? He didn't just love them and restore them. He loves me and you. And when we get out of order, we might have consequences and we might suffer consequences, but God still will restore us. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I will turn. What's the rest? From their wicked ways. I will hear from them. I'm glad I said Bible. And heal their land. That passage really has something to do with something else. Did y'all hear me? But we can apply it here. Because somebody can say, you know, I got I got some Bible. They, they from seminary. They tell me, I watched you. The pastor said about uh, uh, Jeremiah, that one's another. It's another one. But it still can apply if my people, I'm his people. I'm his person. Anybody God's people up in here? Am I right about it? If you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive you for your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Oh, let me hasten on here. Give you this last one. I gave you three, right? Now I'm going to give you one more. Not only overextended daily activity, talking about living life under pressure, not only emotions that create worry, anxiety, and frustration, not only over-pessimistic worst-case scenarios, but another cause of pressure or stress in our lives, and I'm going to close on this, is because the enemy, the devil, wants to use your trials and tests to change, to distort, and to disrupt our spiritual and mental stability. He wants to mess you up, kill, destroy, make you go crazy, bananas, make you get divorced, make you run around, make you whore, whatever, drinking. Come on, you know the way we used to do when we got angry. I'm going to get drunk. Am I the only one that said that? Anybody? I, I, I didn't say get high. I said I'm going to get drunk. What does drunk do? It temporarily... Distorts, takes you out of reality. Come on, y'all know that you can be. Come on, I ain't saying you're drunk today. I'm talking about used to be. What did you get drunk for? To forget. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. What did you get drunk for? Somebody said, Don't look at me. All right. Got drunk for what? So you can do some things that you normally wouldn't do if you weren't drunk. 
So you can see some people or a person that you normally wouldn't see unless you were. So you got drunk again because the person that you saw when you looked at when you got sober was so bad. So you got drunk again. Y'all just ain't going to be honest today. Aren't you glad you saved today? I am. I've been in some predicaments. Anybody been in some pickles? Only a few of y'all. Y'all lying and the truth ain't in you. I ain't got to tell. No, some of y'all. Oh, oh, wait a minute, God. They may not be delivered. Mm, ah, leave it alone. Leave it alone. As I get ready to close, pressure can either cause you to fight or take flight from your current circumstances. First Peter chapter four, and I'm closing. Verses four. Oh, first Peter chapter four, verse twelve. Get it down. First Peter chapter 4, verse 12. I'm reading from two translations. Amplified, because I think it says it right. And the New Living Translation. Amplified translation of 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. I'm saying it redundantly because I want you to get it in here and out there. Amplified says of verse 12, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal which is taking place to test you. That is to test the quality of your faith. The quality of your faith. As though something strange or unusual were happening to you. God says, I'm trying to let you to know maybe what you don't know or what you think you know. You think you're strong in the faith, but this ordeal, this situation is going to show you that you still have some weak Areas. Anybody other than me still got some weak areas? Weak, frail, male and female. Pulpit to the door. I don't care whether you got 2,000, 5,000, everybody still got some work to be done. The New Living Translation of 1 Peter 4 and 12, chapter 4, verse 12 says, Dear friends, don't be surprised. At the fiery trials you are going through. God is talking to somebody right now. Stop being shocked at what you're going through. As if something strange were happening to you. First of all, you're not the only one going through what you think you're the only one going through. You think you're the only one that don't have money. A whole lot of people just mismanaging their money to do some things. And stop thinking you're the only one that's going through. No matter whether the pressure you feel is real, imagined, constant, or temporary, God will always provide you with the strength to resist it. And here we go, not only the strength to resist it, listen, but the power to endure. Not only the strength to resist it, but he'll give you the power to endure it. Whatever comes your way. I'm going to stop right there. Give God some praise.